My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. And praise the Lord, everybody. So good to be with you this morning. I wasn't sure if I was going to be here with you. Still planning on being. I never have taken a phone to a pulpit before. Apologize for that if that offends you. It's not because I want to check anything except updates. She's still at home, so we're thankful for that. I said, can you just hold off till Sunday afternoon, please? So I'm not looking forward to going and laying on that couch anyway at the hospital. It's very painful on the back. She didn't even laugh, and no ladies laughed in here either. But God has been good, and I'm thankful for his blessings. Aren't you thankful for the blessings of the Lord this morning? Amen. I give honor to our pastor, who I love immensely and dearly, and I uh, look up to him. And we are so blessed to have his leadership. Aren't you thankful for Pastor and Sister Kinsey? Love them very, very much. I don't get nervous preaching unless I'm preaching in front of him. I was hoping he was going to not be here the first message because I had a message all ready to go. It was loaded, and uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, you're not going to preach that. You're going to preach something you've never preached before. So I was writing notes down for two hours. <laughs> And I said, I'd really rather not do that. Bishop's going to be there, and uh, but we're trying to obey the Holy Ghost. So if it flops, there's my disclaimer. Genesis 45, I give honor to Brother Strobel and Brother Stafford, dear friends. Love them very much, respect them highly. Genesis 45, verses 25 through 28, which is the end of the chapter, and then we'll pick up in Genesis 46, verse 1 through 5. Amen. And they went up out of Cain, of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived and Israel said it is enough Joseph my son is yet alive I will go and see him before I die chapter 46 verse 1 and Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac and God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. I will go down with thee into Egypt. I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. 
Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And I want to preach to you this morning from the subject, Out Sacrificing Your Suffering. Out Sacrificing your suffering. Lord Jesus, have your way in this place. I give you all praise and glory for what you're about to do. I thank you for every elder in this building today and everything that they've stood for and everything that they've been through. I give you glory and praise and honor. Have your way in this place. Take over in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. You may be seated. We often compliment elders for their faith and for what they have been through and how they have held the standard for my generation to look up to. And the truth is, most elders in this room have been through so many things, suffered so many losses, and so many strategic battles have taken place, but yet here they are in the presence of the Lord. They understand Peter when he said that after you have suffered a while, the Lord would make you perfect and establish you and strengthen you and settle you. I like to say it like this. You can feel the weight of somebody's words when they've suffered through something. Don't try to preach to me if you've never been through anything because there'll be a hollowness in your words and I won't feel anything. You can tell when someone has never been to hell and back because there's no weight behind the message that they have. But when an elder starts talking to you about how you can make it, you feel something because they're talking to you from experience. Is there anybody that's been through a battle or two in this room and can testify that the next generation can make it because you're making it? Jacob used to, when I think of Jacob, I think of energy. He used to have just incredible energy. He, he would do things that no one else could do, and he wanted something. He went after it like nobody else in the Bible, whether it was a positive way or in a negative manner. Jacob, when he wanted something, would go all out to get it, whether it was the birthright from, from Esau, his brother, making the stew, tricking him, or whether it was the blessing of his father, going out and killing animals, posing as Esau saw putting the animal skins on him, lying to his dad just to get a blessing. And then when he ran, he ran with all of his might. If he found out you were after him, he would run so fast and you could not catch him. Jacob was full of energy. He would work 14 years for a girl to marry. I mean, that's some serious love right there. Seven years, and, and you marry your sister, and then you was willing to work seven more years to get her. Jacob was so full of energy, he wrestled an angel. <laughs> that's, I don't know if that's energy or just being dumb, but he wrestled an angel all night long. Historians say 10 to 12 hours they wrestled throughout the night, and Jacob said, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. I like people that have that mentality that I'm not going to stop no matter what's going on until something happens for me from God. Jacob was constantly doing things. He was working hard for Laban, full of energy. That all changed the day Joseph didn't come home. Something went out. Fire went out of Jacob's eye. The light, the spirit of Jacob, the energy was gone. 
couldn't rejoice like he wanted to. Good news just isn't as exciting when you've lost something or someone. Life has taken your leap, and the pain has taken your poise, and Jacob is trying somehow to keep living running on the inside, as some people say when they have gone through things, that when they see young people shouting and jumping, I'm with you. I'm I'm jumping on the inside. I'm dancing on the inside. I'm running on the inside. But life has put through so much on me that I can't manifest it like I used to. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? Want to rejoice, but don't get as excited as I used to because I've lived through something that was traumatic or that was troubling and that was painful and Jacob is sitting there trying to live his life and trying to be happy about Reuben having kids and Judah having kids and Levi having kids and there's grandkids all around and he's excited but you when you've lost your Joseph when you when you've lost the one that you made the coat of many colors for when, when it's hard to be excited when there's that one thing that hurt and no one has been able to take the pain away because of the depth of love that you had attached to that situation. Jacob's trying to somehow keep living and keep being excited for others around him who are progressing in their life, but yet Joseph is dead in his mind, and Rachel, the one he loved, is dead, and he's trying to somehow continue on. And can I just say this from hell's perspective? The demons cannot stand it when you make up your mind to keep living. Oh, I know you're not going to shout about it. I know we don't run the aisles about that because we want to go back to the joy we used to have. But hell cannot stand it when you stagger in 30 years after the worst tragedy and yet you're on a Sunday morning, you're raising your hands and you're lifting up your voice because you're letting the enemy know I may have lost my step, but I did not lose my worship and my praise and my adoration. Are there any elders that still know how to worship? Worship the Lord in this house despite what you've been through. don't even know why I'm still here. I'm sure he thought those things. I don't even know why I'm still alive. Jacob's life is nothing but heartache after heartache, let down after let down. Every time he'd get blessed with something, something would come along and break it. And he's trying to live his last days out, trying to be faithful to God, trying to hold on to what his father held on to, trying to be faithful to what Isaac stood for, and what Abraham stood for despite not having the relationship with God they had. He doesn't have the connection. He suffered more than they had to suffer. Abraham thought he was going to lose a son, but he didn't have to lose him. But in Jacob's mind, he's actually lost a son, and the son is never coming back. (laughs) I wrote this down this morning, and it may not... Yet you have goosebumps, but God said some people this morning do not know why they're still alive, but they're about to receive a shocking word. Mm. And they came to him and said, Dad, Joseph 
is alive. <laughs> the ones that lied about him, and and I, that's a whole other message. When they when they tricked their dad and they took his coat of many colors, Joseph, and they dipped it in goat's blood, killed a goat, and and then said Joseph was dead. Jacob, he forgot to check the blood. Had he checked the blood, he'd realize that wasn't my son's blood. That was a scapegoat that died for my son. But for twenty years, he's sitting there suffering, waiting, and believing a lie. How many people in this room have believed a lie from the enemy that because you've waited so long for God to come through for your family that God is not going to come through? And Jacob sits there, and they come back from Egypt. They said, Dad, he's alive, and he's governor. Bible says, Bishop, that Jacob's heart fainted. Which means in the Hebrew that Jacob's heart went numb. Jacob's heart was cold or hardened. In other words, he did not get excited because he didn't believe him. His heart had become, oh, I wish I could preach it. His heart had become numb. He had suffered so, is there anyone that's gone through so much that you're still here, but you're numb to some things, you're numb to some words, you're numb to some, you hear from God, but you can't respond like you want to because the tragedy was so real that you're numb in the house of God. You need more than a word. You need a wagon. Mm. When he heard the word, he didn't believe him. But when he saw the wagons coming behind them, something revived in his spirit. And the Lord said to tell you, if you don't believe the word, will you believe the wagons that are coming? Because I've got something coming that's evidence for you that you've not lost your promise and you've not lost your future. I'm numb, but there's a wagon coming. I'm numb, but God just sent something to me. I want to jump when I can't jump, but God opened my eyes to see the evidence that you still have a plan for my family and a plan for my future. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell them wagons are coming. Mm. <laughs> when he saw the wagons, when he saw the gifts, that Joseph sent, he said, it is enough. And Jacob's spirit revived. Can I just say it like I wrote it down? There is nothing like an elder who gets up and goes after a promise. There is nothing. I mean, it's, it's awesome when young people do it, but there is nothing like a staggering elder who can get up on a Sunday morning and say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him, and I am going to pursue what the Lord promised me years ago. Uh -huh. He said, it is enough. <laughs> My son is yet alive. <laughs> Don't you know, Jacob, you're not supposed to get excited about this. He's been wrapped up in Egypt for 20 years. He can't get out of this. He's, if he was alive, how could you even get access to him? I don't know. All I know is I've been listening to a lying devil telling me all these years that it's never going to come to pass. It's never going to return. It's never going to break forth. But I just received a word, and I just saw a wagon, and I've made up my mind that if God can send me a word and God can send me a wagon, I can have faith.
faith to believe one more time? Are there any elders that have one more Sunday morning of faith inside of you that will say, I can believe one more time? Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm weary. Don't trouble my spirit, but just show me the wagon, and I'll believe that God has an answer for my family. Mm. <laughs> oh, it is enough. Now, if the story ends there, Bishop, at the end of 45, verse 28, it's powerful. I'm going to go see him. He said, I'm going to go see my son. I'm going. This is my answer. This is my moment. This is my word. And yet 46 starts off with something completely different. He doesn't go to Egypt. He goes to Beersheba. Now, the reason why he doesn't immediately impulsively run to Egypt is because that's his old nature. He's impulsive. He just does things on a whim. That's why 45, the end of it, you see his impulsiveness. I'm going down there. I'm going to see him. I can't. Anybody would. If you're a true loving parent, you would. But somehow in between the end of 45 and the beginning of 46, Jacob says, wait a second. Before I go, let me visit a place that my dad visited. And let me visit a place that grandpa visited. Because sometimes you want things from God and God doesn't give them to you. And sometimes family wasn't allowed to go to Egypt in Jacob's past. And so Jacob looks at God and said, I'm going to go to a place and I'm going to ask you. And I'm going to sacrifice. Oh, there's something powerful when you've suffered so much, but yet you still come and you say, God deserves the very best that I can give him. He may not give me what I want him to, but I am going to show him that he is. Is there anyone that's got a thankful spirit that says, I've been to hell and back, but I know how to praise God. I know how to worship. I know how to shout. I know how to magnify him. I know how to sacrifice. Oh, the I remember when Billy Cole said years ago, Bishop, you were probably at that conference. I just watched it on a video. He, Billy Cole said from a pulpit, uh, because of the times, looking at a bunch of young preachers, he said, look at all you good-looking young preachers. He said, all of you can out-preach me. But then he said these words, but none of you can out-sacrifice me. And can I say, there's something about the elder generation. You may not be connected on all the latest digital things that are out there, but you've got something this next generation needs to get a hold of, and that is the ability to sacrifice while you're suffering. That's the ability to hang in there. When the going gets rough, you know how to hold on to God. Oh, Mm, Beersheba. Why Beersheba? This is the place he left the night. He went out to the middle of the nowhere and, and had a dream. And in the dream, angels were coming up and down a ladder. And, and he woke up and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. He called the place Bethel. He had just left Beersheba that same day. And he goes back now and Sacrifice, and I want to. I want to. This this last part of the, this part right here came me on the way to church, so I'm trying to remember it. I hate when he does that. 
It's like, well, I, I wrote it down for two hours. You could have mentioned it then. <laughs> going off the road, going, oh, my Lord, that's, that's a word. <laughs> Sorry, preachers are weird. You're weird till you keep coming. <laughs> he said, Jacob dreamed the first time he was at Beersheba. When he left Beersheba, he dreamed. But this time, he gets a vision. The Bible said that young men get visions. And old men dream dreams. Jacob is old. And no one's ever received a prophetic vision yet in the word until this point. And yet, despite the fact that he's old, God talks to him like he's young. In fact, God says, I'm going to call you by your old name. Jacob, Jacob, why is God addressing him like the younger Jacob with the old name in a vision? Because God still had plans for Jacob. Oh, can I preach to someone right now? God said to Jacob, you think it's over and you think you're done, but I am not near done with you yet. And I've got a plan for you. And if you'll go down to Egypt, I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless your kids. Why? Because I'm going to show you that you're not as old as you think you are. Someone needs to rejoice and just tell the devil I'm not as old as I God, yeah. God must not be through with me. God must have a plan because he's speaking to me in a vision. He's talking to me through a vision. But by now I should be dreaming of how things used to be. Come on, disconnect from your memories of the miraculous and get a vision for your family's future and let the enemy know as long as there's breath in my body, as long as there's praise in my lips, I'm going to fight for what God has for our family. <laughs> he said, I still have plans for you. Jacob, for the Strobel is the only patriarch that sacrificed at Beersheba. He says, I'm going to go beyond what I saw dad do. I'm going to go beyond what I saw grandpa do. I'm not just going to age and exist, but the hungry, the older I get, the hungrier I'm going to get. Daniel was 13 years old when he said no to the king's meat for 10 days, 13 according to historians. But Daniel was 82 when he went on a 21-day fast. How's that? I'm going to let that sink in. He was 13 when he said, I'm just going to diet, and I'm just going to say no to the king's meat and show you that I'm healthy. But he was 82 when he said, God, we need an answer. In other words, Daniel wasn't like everybody else in his generation. He didn't just age and exist, but the older he got, the hungrier he was for more of God. I know there are elders in this room that can pray circles around my generation because the older you get, the more fire is in your spirit. Jacob said, I'm going to go down there, and I am going to see my son. Bible said, the Lord said, before you go, I've got one more thing to tell you. Joseph shall put his hands on your eyes. You know what that means? When you die, 
Joseph will be the one to close your eyes. What you thought you lost is coming back in a way that you'll never lose it again. The rest of your life, you will not have to worry. I wish someone could see what I'm seeing right now. When I bring it back to you after you thought you've lost it all, it's not going to be there temporarily. But the promise that I'm going to bring you is going to be there till the day you die. There's something coming to you in your later years that you can't even fathom. Is there anyone ready for a new promise in this building? Is there any elder ready for a new promise? Are there any elders saying, God, give me a word that keeps me till I die. Give me a promise that makes me hold on till I die. <laughs> You're not going to lose him. You're not going to lose him. And the Bible said Jacob took his kids and his grandkids and went to the wagons and filled up the wagons with his family. The reason the wagons came, Jacob, was so we could carry the next generation. What you're holding on to will carry the next generation and the next generation from a 37 year old preacher to every elder in this building thank you for everything you've stood for all these years thank you for not letting go of holiness thank you for not letting go of the truth and not letting go of the doctrine and not letting go of apostolic demonstration because I can tell you that this there's a shut up there's a generation rising up with a made up mind don't listen to everything you believe there's a generation rising up with a made up mind we're going to hold on to what we've been shown we're going to get in the wagon we don't have to drive this thing, but can we go along for the ride? We don't have to tell you all of our ideas, but can we go along for the ride? There's some young people coming up across America and across this world with a made-up mind. I'm getting in the wagon. I'm getting in the wagon. I'm getting in the wagon. It's the only thing I know that's going to protect me. Your sacrifice has not been in vain. Your suffering has not been in vain. Your battle has not been in vain. Your trial has not been in vain. Someone's looking up at you, Grandpa. Someone's looking up at you, Mom, saying, if you can make it, Shataya, I'm going to make it. I may not have been as focused as I used to be, but God, let me get in the wagon. I feel the Holy Ghost up here. <laughs> and I want to tell you, when he gets there, he sees Joseph. And Joseph runs to him. See, the brothers didn't recognize Joseph because he had shaved his head, which is what I was going to preach this morning about planning on staying and embracing the culture of your destiny. He had shaved his head because he knew how to connect with the Egyptians and fit in. He knew he wasn't going back to the prison. 
They didn't recognize him without his hair and without his beard. But Jacob knew who he was. He said, that's my boy. I've hugged that neck before. I watched that grow up. I watched the devil take it from me. And I know the scent of a promise when I'm around it. And when Jacob got there and he embraced Joseph, the Bible said that Joseph wept on his neck a great while. I'm going to tell someone right now in the Holy Ghost that there's an encounter coming with a lost family member. And you think it's not going to happen. But God's going to send that family member back to you. And they're going to fall upon you. And it's going to be a long while. There's going to be a breakthrough. They're going to fall upon you and say, Mom, Dad, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was trying. I don't know where I was going, but I'm so thankful you didn't give up on me. Are there any grandparents that will rise to their feet right now and say, I refuse to die until the promise comes to pass. I refuse to die until the miracle weaves on my neck. Stand to your feet and someone lift up some worship right now. Somebody tell the Lord, I refuse to die until Joseph falls on my neck. I just feel a promise hovering in this room. I feel a promise just hovering over people right now. I've seen what you've been through. The Lord's watched what you've suffered through. And the moments of silence have been so frustrating and waiting for the phone to ring and waiting for a breakthrough. And it feels like God's nowhere near. But I've come to tell you there's wagons coming. And when they come, get in the wagon. Because there's something about to break forth. And Joseph is running to meet you. And when he sees you, it's not going to be an encounter of frustration. He's going to fall upon your neck and say, hi. And Jacob said, now I can die. But he didn't die. He kept living. I think it was like 17 more years because he was 130 when he met Joseph. He died at 147. So 17 more years. In other words, you're not just going to get to see the promise. You're going to get to enjoy. Who oh, shut up? Some of you just saying, some of you have been praying, God, if I never see it, I'll go to my grave believing. Some of you are praying, God, just let me see it. But God wants you to start praying, God, let me see it. And let me enjoy it before I die. You know, there's something powerful about an elder that has saw everything hell could do to them. And they've lived through it. But they didn't just go through it and see God bring them through. But they saw God bring them through. And they got to enjoy the fruits of the blessing of the Lord. And I want to tell you, the Lord said, you're going to see it. And you're going to enjoy it. You're going to lay hands on Joseph and his kids. He said, I'm going to lay hands on Manasseh. I'm 
gonna lay hands on Ephraim. I'm gonna bless my grandkids. I'm gonna see revival like I never thought I would see. I just think that there's something about receiving this right now in the moment. I think there's something about receiving this right now with verbal verbal receptivity saying, God, I take this word to my spirit. I open my eyes for the wagons, and I'm ready for the answer. I'm ready for what you're going to do. I think there's something about letting the enemy know I'm, I'm still alive, I'm breathing, and I'm looking for my Joseph. I said, I'm looking for my Joseph. He might look different, but I'm looking for my Joseph. He might have been wrapped up in Egypt, but I'm looking for my Joseph. I'm looking for my Joseph. I'm looking for my Joseph. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you ask the Lord right now to open up your spirit to a new promise? Would you ask the Lord right now, God, let me see it and let me enjoy it. Let me see it and let me enjoy it. Let me see it and let me enjoy it. That's it. Lift your hands unto the Lord right now. Receive this word. In the name of Jesus, right now, if you believe what you have just heard, that that word is for you, that prophetic word, that promise that the Lord has given you, would you just lift your hands unto the Lord right now and receive it in the name of Jesus. Lord, uh, we're going to be looking for the wagons, oh God. Uh, We're going to be looking for that promise that you have given us, oh Lord. We believe, Lord Jesus, in your word. We're going to hold to that word in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's it, church. Uh, Would you just thank the Lord for the word that he has given you thank him for that word that he has given us today bless his name lift him up he's worthy magnify the lord right now in this moment in this moment right now would you just give god worship would you magnify the lord and exalt him in this place would you lift him up the name of jesus in the name of the lord worship him that's it worship him right now thank him for his blessings thank him for his promises Hallelujah, that's it. That's it. Stay right where you are. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord with all your heart. And a thousand Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And a thousand generations. And your family and your children and their children and their children. You're gonna see it. Favor You're gonna see it upon you and a thousand You're gonna see generations it. and your family and your children and their children and their children. May His presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you. Before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. 
we have received this morning, I believe a word from the Lord. Your sacrifices, your faithfulness, the Lord has an account of it all. And I believe this word this morning was to encourage you to keep being faithful, to hold fast to the promise that God has given you. Continue your sacrifice. Continue your worship. Continue to set the example and believe. I believe you're going to get witness of this message this morning that you are going to see the chariots, that you're going to see a sign that says, you know what, the story's not over yet. The story is not over yet, but God is faithful. He has promised. He will perform it. And I believe, church, let's continue to hold on and let's continue to believe it. If you're thankful for the word this morning, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise and thanksgiving for the word that he has given? We're going to worship the Lord this morning for a few more minutes. And as they continue to play and sing, if you have a special need or a special request and would like to be prayed for, if you'll come to the front, Pastor will pray with you this morning. Brother Herring will be glad to pray with you before we leave. As we do our altar service just a little bit different, we're going to allow those who have a need to come and be prayed for. We don't have to have a lot of people in the altar right now. But if you want to remain where you are and just continue to enjoy the presence of the Lord and the worship God and to encourage those who are seeking an answer this morning, continue to do that. So as they sing and lift up the name of Jesus, let's just worship where we are and encourage those who are seeking an answer this morning in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.